Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Worth Playing For podcast. My name is Cam, and this is going to be my recap of the second episode of Borneo, The Generation Gap. This is a podcast series where I am starting from the very beginning of Survivor, Season 1, Episode 1, and moving along through the seasons. Um, I'll be going through every season of Survivor, every episode, talking about the strategy, the characters, all the gameplay, and everything there is to talk about. I'll pretty much be going straight through it. Um, Right now, we're kind of waiting for season 41 to, I believe it's in production now, it's getting filmed. When that comes on, we might take a break and talk about that, but we are pretty much moving linearly through Survivor otherwise. So if you haven't checked out the first two episodes where I do the marooning in two different parts, I would encourage you to check that out because we will pick it back up on day four of Borneo now. So we pick it back up, right? We get the intro reminder of what Survivor is, right? In the end, only one will remain and leave the island with $1 million. And we see, you know, kind of recaps of what went on. There's a work ethic dilemma at the Pagong camp between Bibi and the rest of the tribe. He's starting to isolate himself at the Toggy Beach. They voted off Sonia last episode. And there's kind of a generation gap going on over there, right? Rudy feels a little bit isolated. He's trying to integrate himself. We had a girls' alliance that kind of was a thing, but Sue ended up abandoning it, abandoning it, and leaving Sonia to go home. Fifteen are left. Who will be going home this week? And right off the bat, it kind of sets up the stage for this food challenge that we'll be getting later in the episode. Um, and it's kind of all about food, right? This is the main topic. Um, Stacy has a quote: "I'm hungry. I think we're all pretty hungry." I've gone days where I've only had some fruit, but there's no prospect of having any food here. It's worse. We've got two rats primed and ready to be cooked. It's dire. And you know, the main talk about that everyone is doing, the main talk for everyone is food. Everyone is concerned about food. How are they going to eat? How are they going to survive? And as usual, Rich has a different perspective. We're getting there. We're getting to know each other a little bit more. I really want to learn a little bit more about Stacy because, you know, I voted her off. She thinks it was Rudy. She even came up to me and said, yeah, I think Rudy voted me off, but that's okay because he's next anyway. And so we see, again, Stacy has a little bit more of a, she's a little bit off when it comes to her reads, as we discussed in the last episode. And Rich, again, it's bang on with his reads, right? So everyone's concerned about surviving. Everyone's concerned about food. Well, Rich is concerned about people and his tribe mates and the strategy. And then we go back to Stacy for another quote here, right? So we're getting to see some Stacy, and maybe kind of set up her demise a little bit. Um, I think after the vote at the island council, Rudy, sorry, <clears throat> I think after the vote at the island council, Rudy realized he just was sort of a liability to us. He was sitting around barking orders and not really helping out much. We've all seen him eating extra food and doing inappropriate things in the kitchen. Like he's leaving the knives out, they're getting rusty, and he's opening canned goods and fruit without asking anybody. I mean, we don't have a lot of food here, so I spoke up. Actually, Kelly Sue and I decided that somebody needed to say something. We put all the canned goods in one spot. We're all going to vote before we can open something else. So, you know, Rudy notes right away that he does not get along with Stacy, right? He's not a fan. He, he, he sees the conflict. Um, and we also, it says in Survivor Wiki here that this marks the first unaired reward challenge. Um, there was a reward challenge that took place, I guess, sometime on day four or five. The reward was a map to a closer waterhole, which Pagong won. So we get definitely a note of that at the start here. Um, and we see that definitely... A little bit more in the later seasons, especially in Winners at War, I definitely remember that. Um, a lot of reward challenges that, you know, just get cut just for time. 
So then we check back in with Pagong, who we're going to definitely meet a lot more in this episode. We, we checked back in with Tagi here and there, but we saw a lot of them first episode because they did go to tribal. This episode is going to be Pagong's showtime. So, BB is working away. He, you know, he has all these quotes. Everyone is talking about BB's work ethic. Um, so we get from Jenna. We're getting things done because BB is such a great worker. He gets us up, we're moving stuff this morning and everything. He's doing that. Colleen says, I mean, really, BB, he's adorable. I mean, who doesn't want to own the BB action figure? He's great. He's amazing. He's got more stories than anybody I've ever met in my life. I think he's a little bit out of his element. He doesn't know how to how to fix it without being a little bit aggressive. So that's kind of the best read we have of BB, right? So he's, he's a likable person at the end of the day, but he doesn't really know how to combine his struggle with the elements, struggle to fit in with the work ethic, right? He doesn't really know how to tone it down, doesn't really know how to blend in. Um, and then we get this hilarious quote from BB. The biggest workers are probably Gretchen, Craig, and I can't think of the lady's name in the pink swimming suit, but she works her heart up. Um, so obviously he's talking about Jenna there, and he's talking about Greg, not Craig, but you know, BB, you know, he's a little bit struggling on the social end of things, as we can see. But, you know, his his MO is work ethic. He only cares about the work ethic. Um, and that's definitely a very meta strategy for this first couple seasons, right? That's that's Rupert's whole thing. That's Ozzy's whole thing, right? They And even some of Boston Rob too, right? These people were, they built their social bonds over working, right? So being the provider was definitely an important thing in these early days. Um, and BB is trying to emulate that, but he, he's doing, you know, it's all, it's all walk and no talk, right? He's, he's trying to do everything, but he's not building the social connections along the way. Um, so he's just a center of attention. Gretchen says work ethic is a big issue to BB, regardless of personality or something, you know, it comes down to that with him. So it doesn't really matter what you do. Um, as long as you're not working and someone has the quote later in there, um, I think it's Jervis that says, you know, if you're not working as hard as him, he doesn't think you're working at all, right? So he he's just reading everyone a little bit wrong, um, in the wrong way, um, and he's just not fitting in at the end of the day. So everyone just kind of lets BB do his thing. No one really wants to confront him. Um, and Ramona says, if we were to ever lose immunity, I think he'd probably be the first one voted off. So um, we, we get that right off the bat, and we kind of start to set up. You know, it's between Ramona and BB. We see Ramona's a little bit sick. We see BB's having some struggles, so... When we go into tribal council later this episode, the stakes are, are set, right? It's between Ramona and BB. Um, and we kind of get a segment on the Toggy camp um, with Rich, right? He Rich kind of discloses that he's gay. He's going to hide it a bit from Rudy for fear that it might be a bit, you know, freaky for Rudy. It's a little bit of a culture shock, which is definitely understandable from Rich's end. Um, Rudy is the type of person, you know, he's military. He's definitely, you know, he's, he's not used to being around people like that. Um, but I think it's either Dirk or Sean that's able to peg him in front of the rest of the tribe. We see a bit of a segment focused on Richard and his identity. And then we get the iconic quote from Rudy. Um, so I found out last night, you know, when he came up here and said, uh, you want to talk? I says, no, I don't want to talk. And he was going to tell me that he was queer then. The homosexual, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And he's good at what he does, you know. He's got leadership ability. And if these people here would listen to him, he would take them a long way. But anyway, uh, me and Richard got to be pretty good friends. Not in a homosexual way, that's for sure. He's a pretty good guy. I don't know what my buddies are going to say when he, I get back home, but uh, I'll have to deal with that. So that's Rudy's quote. And, you know, is it all politically correct? No, probably not, right? But we see 
this is the right way to approach the situation for, from Rudy's end, both from a human perspective and a survivor perspective, right? He's focused on who Rich is as a person, who he is as a worker, and that's what Rudy respects, right? He respects workers, he respects people who work hard, who have ability, and, you know, Rich has that. Um, it doesn't really matter what his sexuality is. Rudy respects him for who he is and what he can do. Um, so we then, uh, we kind of get that segment with Rich and Rudy, and then we go back to the Pagong camp and we check back in with Ramona, who is struggling to eat um, and drink. And, you know, she she can't really ha- take anything down without it coming right back up. And Gretchen says, I don't think this is what she expected. I don't think she'd ever quit. I think she doesn't even want to admit that she's laying down a lot. But um, I think it's only because she doesn't want to say that she can't be successful or something. Because I, I think at home, she's very successful at what she does. So they recognize Ramona. She's a hard worker. She's a capable person. But she, again, she's being dealt a very bad hand here. Um, you know, she she's just under the weather she's she's just not having it um i think she definitely had a lot more potential but obviously she just gets a bad hand right in this first season on these first couple days um and bb you know nothing's ever enough for him he's still very unhappy with the work ethic of his tribe particularly criticizing ramona and her laziness again um i think there's definitely conversation people could have i'm i can't say i'm equipped to have it but ramona has definitely spoken out on this before i would encourage you to look that up if you want to know more about this but there's there's definitely some some tropiness coming in here in terms of black people how they're depicted especially on tv but you know even bb calling her lazy criticizing her for laying down when you know it's very clear that she's struggling everyone knows that um and bb should be able to you know give her a little bit of sympathy but there's there's a stereotype that's being built up here there's some microaggressions that are happening here um so definitely feel for ramona um she she got a bad draw here um and jervis spots it right he he recognizes that ramona you know although she's not doing a ton right she she was dealt a bad hand she's struggling with her health at this point and he recognizes you know if you're not working as hard as bb then you're not working hard um so there's kind of this conflict going on, the war of two worlds here between BB and Ramona. Um, and Greg says, you know, BB's a good guy. He's pretty strong-willed. He's got his plan. He's caring. He demands respect. Definitely feel the difference between his age and other people, and doesn't want to seem to bridge that gap as much as just be who he is. So again, like like I've been saying, right? It's Rudy versus BB, the two strategies that the old man can play, right? Will you confirm conform to the group, or will you, you know? just be yourself and who cares and bb is being himself right and he says right here i think they find me you know probably abrasive and authoritarian there's probably a couple other adjectives you could throw there into that probably work i don't care i'm not trying to win a personality contest i just want my to make my life here as comfortable as possible and then get the hell off so who knows what bb is even doing here I definitely think that, you know, Sonia at least tried to conform. She tried to get along with people. She tried to play. BB's not even trying to play. Um, he literally says he doesn't care. He's not trying to win a personality contest, which I'm sorry, Survivor is. Like that, in, at the end of the day, it's who can get along with people, who can advance their game the furthest. BB just is not interested in any of that. We get a little clip that Colleen and Greg have started to go off together. They've kind of developed this connection and friendship. Pagong wants to have some sort of game night. They're trying to have some newlywed game. You know, Greg is 
And here we kind of see Greg, right? He's really getting along with everyone. People like the icebreaker person who will make camp life fun. He's developing a connection with Colleen. He's being, becoming friends with Jervis and Gretchen and Jenna and even BB. He, he's worked into the good graces of, of BB here. So really good stuff from Greg. He seems to be getting along with everyone. He's kind of making himself the center of this tribe. Um, and the gong just kind of keeps on working, right? BB's really kicking them into, kicking them into gear. There, he's causing some conflict, of course, right? He's not definitely not in everyone's good graces, um, but what he's doing is working, right? So, and Joel says, if the sky is blue, and I said the sky was blue, he would say it was red just to disagree. So, you know, Joel and BB are having some conflict here. Um, BB obviously is creating it. He's disagreeing with everyone. He's barking orders, and Joel is not having it. He's going to kind of be the one to stand up. Um, and we see back at the Toggy Beach, Sean kind of builds a super pole, which he is hyped up to his tribe. He, like, thinks this is some riveting invention. He doesn't catch anything, and we get a good quote from Sue, uh, where she's like, it's not a waste of time. Well, did you catch any fish? No. So Sue's kind of hilarious. She's criticizing everything. Very funny. So, um, some more conflict comes down at the Bagong camp. BB is like putting his um, his laundry or t-shirt or something like that in the kettle they're going to cook in. And there's a conflict that they don't have drinking water because um, BB is using the clean water to clean his clothes, which, you know, obviously isn't a great look. So BB, you know, he doesn't care. And when the, the tribe criticizes him for this, he's like, well, I'll just go to the water and get more. Or I'll go to the water well and get more water. And, and the tribe obviously responds, no, it's getting dark. It's not safe. But he doesn't care, right? He thinks he can do anything. Um, and he, you know, continues to bark all these critis um, criticisms at his tribe. You know, I've worked 20 times as hard as you. This is not a democracy. I'll vote on things that don't matter, but when it comes to my comfort and my survival, I'm not going to vote. So he, you know, type A, he's an alpha. He is trying to take control of this tribe. And Jervis has a good quote. If BB thinks anybody on our tribe is slacking, the heat is affecting him. Everyone on our tribe is working hard, and I mean everybody has different jobs. Building the shelter is probably the hardest job. He took that challenge on, so somebody going out there trying to catch some fish might not look that important, but it's just as important. So everyone kind of recognizes that BB's a little bit off in his own world here, but they're going to definitely let him have it, right? So, um, and you know, BB already, this kind of came out of nowhere too, but he, we already know that he doesn't really care too much about the game. But he's now kind of, he says he's engineering an escape plan, right? He he says, you know, maybe we want to figure out what we want to do. And obviously the tribe wants to win. But he says, you know, maybe I just want to leave. So, you know, when we get to Pearl Island, we'll see Jeff really criticize the first big quitter in the show's history. But I would argue that BB kind of quits here too, right? He definitely gets voted off, um, like, in the proper way. Like, he doesn't quit quit, but he he's already given up, right? The, the tribe even says it later. This is a get out of jail free card. This is a free vote. BB wants to go home, which is it's just so strange to me how he's so invested in the tribe's well-being. He's so invested in, in the shelter and everything that is going on around camp. But yeah, he just wants to leave. Like, I don't really understand. He says he wants to make his stay more comfortable. But what's the point of being comfortable if you're just going to leave? Like, I, I can't really peg BB's actions here. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. So... The immunity challenge starts, Jervis comes in, you know, the, the Pagong tribe is fired up, they're ready to go. Jervis comes in holding the idol, he's all excited, but obviously, you know, Jervis is going to be um, a big figure in this this first iteration of the gross food challenge, right? This is a challenge that's going to come up, you know, especially in these first few seasons, pretty much every season, 
it'll make an appearance here and there in later seasons, but this was a staple. Um, you know, when you think of Survivor Challenges, you think this, you think Survivor Auction. Um, that these are the you know big challenges that you'll see in Survivor. So they only have one food right now, right? They have a they call it a butog, which is a beetle larvae. Um, and you know each person kind of has to eat one. And Jeff says the first person to refuse eating this bug loses for the tribe, right? So everyone has to eat it. If someone refuses to eat it, they lose. That's kind of the challenge. That's it. There's no multiple things. There's no um, milkshakes like they do in, in one of the later seasons. It's just this insect. And Jervis really struggles, right? Jeff kind of counts him down, counts him down for five. Um, and upon, you know, Jeff counting down, he does do it. He does follow through. Um, but everyone kind of seems to breeze by it, right? Like Richard and Jenna are kind of doing a cheers. They're doing it like shots. They're having fun with it. Um, Jervis is really the only one to show any sort of um, like remorse, any sort of you know weak stomach while doing this. So obviously, when every person does it because it's a super easy thing to do, it's just eating a single in insect. Um, you know, it really starts to build camaraderie between all the tribes, between each other. They're having fun with it, um, but when each person does it, they go to a tiebreaker, and each tribe chooses a squeamish person on the other tribe. Um, so I believe Pagong chooses Stacy. And who's talking going to choose? Obviously Jervis, obviously the one who showed any sort of remorse while doing it. And they each have to do to eat another butog. The first one to do it wins immunity. Stacy does it no problem because, you know, she already did it. And Jervis, he does, I believe he does eat it, but he obviously eats it last. He struggles with it. And Stacy, you know, pulls it out for the tribe here. Jervis, um, you know, lost it for the tribe. That's just not his thing, but obviously the, the tribe wasn't too, too hard on him, but Jeff or sorry, not Jeff, uh, Jervis does own it to some degree for sure. So Jeff warns Pagong about the long walk and then Pagong goes back to camp and discusses. So we get this quote from Ramona um, and we don't get too much of Pagong back at camp, right? It's not like Tagi where we can see them discussing. We just have a short segment of them back at camp. So we have Ramona saying, Tribal Council, it's kind of like judgment day on earth, kind of, and that's like so daunting. You're like, whoa, I mean, you have to stand in judgment of your maker, and in this case, of your fellow tribe members. My length of stay on the island depends on either what, like, somebody thinks of me, or what they don't think of me or my abilities. I'm not exactly a control freak, but I kind of like to be in control of things, and I have no control on whether I stay or go. And that's the name of the game, right? You don't have control unless you have influence over the people on your tribe, and we will see that as... as um, as the game goes on, right? You, you can think you have control, but if people aren't listening to you, if people are voting for you, then it's completely out of your hands, right? So you definitely can't play this game all by yourself. And that's like, init like initially such a big thing. You have to be with the group. You have to be with people. Um, so Jana talks about how she kind of wants to vote Ramona because BB is such a hard worker. Jervis, you know, he's saying that BB dug his own grave. So Again, no secret here. It's not like last one where there's kind of Stacy in the mix, kind of Rich in the mix. This one, is, it's pretty clear cut. It's BB or Ramona going home. We have Ramona who got a, a pretty bad draw. She's definitely getting weaker. She's struggling. She's depicted to be lazy. Whether that's the truth or not, I've heard that it's not. That's what the show is wanting us to think. Who knows? Um, but so we have Ramona who she's struggling on the health end and then BB is struggling on the social end. Um, he, you know, he's causing conflict. People are starting to dislike him, starting to not get along with him. And so what will we do? So we go to tribal council. Jeff is waiting for Pagong to show up. 
And, you know, he says this tribe is in shambles due to conflict and a poor shelter. We will see soon if losing a member is what is needed to bring this tribe together. So, well, and, and we will see that, right? They, they kind of do get their stuff together, but they're always a little bit more dysfunctional than the Toggy group. They're always a little bit more, let's hang out, let's have a good time, rather than the Toggy group who is, you know, focused on the game and focused on getting themselves a little bit further, right? It's just, they're they're not as much of a cohesive unit as the Toggy group at the end of the day, right? Spagong shows up in full face paint, um, and they talk about the leadership problems, um, Jervis feels like he let his team down. Jenna's saying, you know, voting someone off will be lo- like losing a family member. And then we get into the vote, right? So not too much chatter here. Not too much of analyzing the game, right? That's something that kind of comes along in later seasons um, where Jeff, you know, asks these questions and really tries to get down to the bottom of what's going on in this tribe. Here, he asks some questions. They kind of talk a little bit, but for the most part, they kind of just just breathe by this. So um, we go we go to the vote. Um, and I forget whose vote we see here. We I think we see four or five votes, um, but we know it's going to be between BB and Ramona. We have two two votes for Ramona, which are BB and Greg. I believe we see both of them. And then we get six votes for BB. So Jeff kind of he's not on the ball with this one. He he reads the fifth BB vote and says, "You know, last vote is irrelevant. BB, I need you to grab your torch." He doesn't say right away, okay, BB, you've been eliminated. He just says, you know, it's, it's eliminated. I need you to grab your torch. So it's a little bit off. He's going to refine this as the season goes on for sure. Um, but so we, we definitely have the end of BB here. So what is BB's legacy on Survivor here? So, you know, he's just someone who, like, he, he will definitely, there will definitely be more BBs as, you know, the series goes on, right? There's going to be more people who, whether it's for age, whether it's for for culture, whether it's for interests, are just isolated from the tribe. And you can take the Rudy approach and make make efforts to integrate yourself and make connections, or you can take the BB BB approach and so and just be so yourself. Be, um, you know, whether it's arrogant, whether it's abrasive, um, he, he stuck to his guns, right? And unfortunately, that just did not work with him. He, I don't really know what he was expecting to do, and you know, I I have to to knock his game for sure because he he didn't. It's not like he didn't come prepared to play the game. He actively did not want to. Um, he he basically orchestrated his own demise. He wanted to make an escape plan, which didn't really make any sense. Um, and so, like the other people, right? Some people in the season don't really know what Survivor is. They don't know what they've gotten themselves into. It seems like BB knows what they, he knew he got himself into. He just does not want to do it, which is, you know... He, I mean, you can't knock it. It's the first season, but at the same time, um, definitely not the strongest showing from BB in this season. So we get a confession from Joel. I voted him off because he's about the only choice we had right now. We talked about other ones, but right now, he's just the best choice because we have to win the next competition. Unfortunately, we had to do it. Sorry, man. So not only is he kind of dragging them down in challenges a little bit, he's not the strongest member of the tribe, but he's just the most isolated, right? He's further apart in age than almost anyone. I think he's like 20 years older than anyone on the tribe, which is just a huge difference to overcome. At least Rudy had people like Sue, right? He had, he had people that were a little bit closer to his age. BB essentially just had no one. I think the next oldest one is Gretchen, who's in her late 30s, right? So BB was isolated. He was definitely on his own. And he just, he cannot, it was an uphill battle right from the beginning, right? So BB says, I'm a little sad to leave these people because after the last six days, you know, we've gotten pretty close, all of us. There isn't anybody in that group that I don't like. Some I like more than others, but that's normal. And I hope that I showed them a little bit of work ethic that I don't back off from, from what I did. 
I think what I did was the right way. And you know, you can say that part of it was the right way. You de- building the shelter is incredibly important, and we're going to see that as season goes on. But you have to find a way to to do the hard work, to do the work ethic, and still make these social connections and not completely ruin your standing in the tribe, right? There has to be a combination of both. You can't just be all work and no social, right? We're going to see that there's definitely going to be people um, like that continue through the game um, that just have not found the correct balance yet. And so BB kind of is a first person in that mold, um, and that's pretty much all to say on BB, right? So that's kind of a legacy that he he has in this in this game, in this series, um, unfortunately, he has passed away, I believe, in 2013. So, so um, you know, definitely remember him fondly for all the good times that we had with BB. But unfortunately, you know, when it comes to Survivor, just not the strongest player. So a couple notes on this episode. After being voted out, it said BB secretly bribed a cameraman to let him fly home. It didn't say on Survivor Wiki whether he was successful in doing this. This is just a trivia question at the end. Because of this incident, production has since become stricter in sequestering contestants in future seasons. Makes sense. And another one. Um, this is the only Borneo tribal council that Jenna Lewis attended where she did not receive any votes. So, really interesting there. And we'll definitely track how Jenna Lewis did um, throughout the season, right? We know she was a little bit more on Team BB. She does end up voting correctly in the season. Um, but, you know, we can kind of... Maybe her target um, is starting to get a little bit bigger. But at the same time, if she's receiving votes, that usually means that she's on the right side of the votes. She's probably voting correctly um, if that's what's happening, right? So, um, so you know, we'll, we'll definitely continue to track Jenna Lewis. So when we look back at this episode, episode two of season one, um, who, you know, did a great job of furthering their own game. And, you know, let's let's look at Pagong. Last episode, we looked a little bit more at Tagi. Let's look at Pagong and see who did a great job of furthering their own game here. And, you know, I have to... I'm going to have to go with Greg here. Um, and, and I'm going to have to give Greg the MVP of this episode, which is tough because he was the only person besides BB to vote for Ramona, which is a little bit of an interesting call here. Um, but I definitely think he's furthering his own position in this tribe, right? He he is the, the nice guy. He's the fun guy. Everyone loves being around him. Um, he's on everyone's good side. He's forming a connection with Colleen. So he's at the center of this tribe. Um, and we see that his reads are, are correct, right? He he knows the conflict with Bibi and Ramona. Um, and who knows whether people actually know that he he voted with Bibi, right? So who knows whether people know that? I think he is doing a great job of furthering his position here. So I will give an MVP point to Greg. It looks like he's at the center of this, um, of this Pagong tribe at the beginning here. And who to give the LVP point to? So which of the seven members of Pagong didn't do a great job in furthering their own position? Right, like I, I don't think I can say Ramona here because she survives this vote, right? She enough, she obviously puts enough onto to BB that you know people just didn't see it. So who does who does not do a great job of furthering their own position? I have to say have to say Joel here, right? Joel kind of created some conflict with BB. His raids were a little bit off. He is like he didn't really approach the conflict in the best best way, right? People like Jenna, people like Jervis. They knew, you know, don't confront BB, just leave him alone. But Joel didn't take that approach, and he's starting to make himself a less likable, less desirable person to this tribe, right? We, we haven't seen much from him from a game perspective. We'll continue to track that. Um, but he's definitely not um, one of the front runners from this Pagong tribe at the moment. So he's going to have to get my LDP of this episode. So that is all I have to say on this episode. I'm going to try to, you know, the cardinal rule for me is kind of under 30 minutes, but I, I like, 
I definitely do not want to talk about an episode for longer than it happened, unless there's some riveting strategy. You know, maybe finale we'll talk a little bit more. Um, but for this episode, pretty straight, like a pretty um, straightforward episode as it comes to strategy. Um, we kind of are continuing to get to know a lot of these characters. We, we focus a lot more on the Bagong camp, and we see what happens when someone just is not able to integrate themselves, when someone is creating conflict. Um, and focuses way too much on the shelter and the survival. You have to focus on social. Um, this is not just um, like a survival game. There's definitely a social aspect to it. And BB, you know, just did not thrive at that aspect. So that is all I have to say on episode two. Please make sure you tune in to my next episode where I will be recapping the third episode of Survivor Borneo, Quest for Food. And we will see the demise of Stacy um, and focus a little bit more on the Pagan camp sorry, a little bit more on the Toggy camp as the episode goes on. So thank you so much for listening. Um, Give me a thumbs up or a good rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, and I'll see you next time.